Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this week number three of the National Football League season, week number four in college football. And, Victor, it seems like time is flying fast, but I guess it's all because we're enjoying this 2015 football season. I think the key word definitely is enjoyment, Mark. When things are going good, there's, of course, nothing that we would rather be doing a great Saturday for you last week in college football. You got the broom out with a perfect 3-0 sweep, including that wonderful underdog game of the month winner on Stanford, plus the points. You didn't even need the 9.5 or double digits against USC as they won on the road outright by, I believe, 10 points. So a real nice Saturday for you and 4-1 and one overall for the weekend in all college football plays. Another winning week for the Playbook newsletter as well. And the totals tip sheet had their first 3-0 sweep of the season also. Nice, real nice, the totals tip sheet. Back where we used to know the totals tip sheet, now 5-1 and one on the football season this year. And if you like Victor's over-under totals, you have to put the totals tip sheet in your hands this weekend. And you know you can do that simply by logging on to the website at playbook.com, go into the store, and download your copy of this week's totals tip sheet and the playbook football newsletters. And Victor, we're talking about the college football scene this year for 2015, and it's been a little bit of a, a surprise, if you will, for conference, uh, if you review the conferences, and I know you did some work about who's done what in conference play thus far this football season, and you tell me there's a surprise when it comes to the point spread world of winners and losers this year in this 2015 season. If you would ask somebody, you know, who has been the most profitable conference after the first three weeks of the season, they might need more than one guess here. How about the MAC conference, the Middle American Conference? They went eight one and one against the spread last week. The MAC conference is right now seventeen ten and one against the spread for the season. Of course, this isn't all basically non-conference games. But a really, really good start for the MAC Conference at 17-10-1 ATS for the season, with the next most profitable conference being the ACC at 16-11-1 against the spread. And uh, bringing up the rear would be the Big Ten Conference at 13-21-1 on the season against the spread for the Big Teners. Uh, followed up by the Sun Belt Conference at 7-12 against the spread on the season. Wow, good review here. Just a little handle of what's going on in the world of college football. And a little bit of a surprise for the Mac, I'd say yes. But we always know that each and every year, opening month of college football, in these non-conference games, there's always one of these unsung conferences that seem to do well, whether it's the Mac this year or the Sun Belt Conference or the Conference USA. They make their hay in the month of September, largely getting themselves set up for conference play. But it also builds a foundation for the college bowl season by season's end. And if they can upend these power five schools in non-conference play, it does a world of good for these uh, these non-power five conference 
conferences, if you will. So keep an eye on this. I think that trend could continue once again this week. And also, Victor, just a quick review inside the conferences this year. I did my weekly tabulation of the polls this year. And uh, right at the top of the pack is the Southeast Conference with six teams inside the top 25 polls. And knocking on their door now is also the Pac-12 Conference as they move six teams into the top 25 as well. Behind them, both the Big Ten and the Big 12 with four representatives, the ACC with three, and the Independents with two. So we'll keep an eye on that. I know the polls will be coming out soon. The uh, final four polls, will they'll be start to take their place here in the month of October. We'll keep a close handle on that, and we'll also begin next month to keep a handle on the Heisman Trophy races. That's beginning to formulate as well. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And, Victor, let's move it over to the National Football League side of things, where after two weeks, you look at the uh, standings here, surprisingly, you've got nine teams that have come out of the gate at 2-0. and And on the flip side, you've got nine more teams that are 0-2. And with that, I'm going to ask you, Victor, of the teams that have started out 2-0 and thus far this football season, only six can make the playoffs, which three of these Two and O teams. Do you think will not make the postseason this year? I think you'd first have to look at the based on their current uh, injury situation. The Dallas Cowboys thrilled to be two and O on the season. Quarterback out, playmaker Des Bryant out, and both for a long period of time. So Dallas, to, to me, kind of jumps out there right now. I would also think about the, the jury still out on the New York Jets, two and O this season. Of course, with wins over Cleveland and the. Very surprising, convincing Monday night win against the Colts. That was a signature win for the Jets. But uh, can they uh, maintain? Can they make the playoffs? Uh, I think you would probably have to put a little bit of a question mark in front of the New York Jets as well. And then probably one of the two teams in the NFC South division, Mark, either Carolina or Atlanta. I think what's interesting about the Atlanta Falcons is, to me, their 2-0 record on the year is tied into the fact that they're also 0-2 over-under meaning Atlanta been a great defensive team. It's no surprise, given the fact that Dan Quinn is their head coach now, the previously great architect and defensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks. He's brought that defense-first philosophy to the Atlanta Falcons. So when you see Atlanta 2-0, and and then you see 0-2 over-under on the season, you can tell that the coach has had a big, big impact on the Falcons thus far. That's a nice parallel of the, about the Atlanta Falcons, the surprise team, I think, of all teams thus far this early on after two weeks of the football season. And one other parallel that I might draw, and I would have, I would have also had those group of same three teams as the teams most likely not to make the playoffs for exactly the same reasons you mentioned. Probably maybe more Carolina than Atlanta just because of Carolina's uh, lack of uh, – Offense, if you will, their uh, lack of wide receivers, and I think that injury might, and that depth might end up hurting this football team. Uh, also, amongst these two and O teams, uh, and I call this out in this week's midweek alert newsletter. The midweek alert newsletter is our statistical newsletter, and I love combining statistics with technical angles, especially when we get into the month of October. So the midweek alert makes its debut this week. And speaking about the midweek, you can download your copy on the playbook.com website anytime Wednesday after 7 p.m. Eastern to pick up your copy of week number one of the midweek alert. In the midweek alert, we draw out the fact that the Arizona Cardinals are doing it again this year. When I say doing it again, they're one of these teams that sit 2-0. and They're leading the West Division, but again, 
They are allowing more yards than they're gaining on the football season this year. And I just have to wonder how long that could continue. They got away with it last year, and uh, largely because of the lead that they had built as far as making their way, carving their way into the playoffs. But, you know, will it continue this year? I know Carson Palmer is healthy with this football program right now, and they look to be the real deal. In fact, they look right now, they're sitting atop the West, and deservedly so. But the question I have is, unless this team starts winning games where it counts on the football playing field, I'm going to put a big question mark by the Arizona Cardinals as a 2-0 team to make the playoffs. Victor, let's take a look at the other side of the equation. Now you've got nine 0-2 football teams. And in an article that I write each week for the USA Today Sports Weekly, uh, we hit on the fact that of these football teams that start out 0-2, less than 12% of them make the playoffs, which means if you did the math, approximately one of these teams should make the playoffs this year of this group of nine 0-2 teams. And again, Victor, your take on who you think could end up rising back to the top, crashing through and making the playoff party out of this contingent. You know, when I saw that list, I, I basically freaked out uh, looking at these winless teams. Uh, these teams are a combined 0-14 mark Seahawks, Colts, Eagles, Saints, Ravens, Lions, and Giants. That list includes four playoff teams from last year and wow. another three teams who were supposed to be playoff bound this year. Um, one little uh, tip I want to point out is we did address these 0-2 teams in our this week's totals tip sheet and how they do from an over-under perspective in their third game of the season. So you're going to want to grab this week's totals tip sheet and take a look at that little article that we indeed posted in regards to those 0-2 teams. But which of those teams look to have a good shot of the playoffs? I would submit three to you, te- uh, pretty obvious teams. Uh, Seattle at 0-2. They've got a tailor-made opponent this week in Chicago who doesn't have a starting quarterback. We just found out this morning that Cam Chancellor has rejoined the team and uh, is going to be playing for Seattle this week. I would also submit to you that the Philadelphia Eagles, even though they're 0-2 and two games behind, after two games have been played, have got a shot at the playoffs as well. And then you also got to think that the Indianapolis Colts, despite the fact that they're 0-2, they are still favored in Vegas to win their division. Those would be probably my same three-pack as well, Victor. Uh, maybe perhaps Houston, maybe to battle Indianapolis only because of the neighborhood in which they live, and that's that soft AFC South uh, division, if you will. The Seattle Seahawks you mentioned here, it's a good thing that they got Chancellor back because they lost a lot on defense. Not only their defensive coordinator, but they've lost a lot of personnel defensively, and it showed their first two football games, and he'll make a world of difference, I'm sure, for that that defense on the Seattle Seahawks. But my only question about them is their schedule. They've got a rugged, rugged schedule. We called this out in our overview of the Seattle Seahawks this year in the fact that uh, you take a look at uh, what they've got this year. Uh, nobody uh, do they catch that's coming, or they, I should say they got four teams coming off a bye week this year, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, that's head and shoulders the most of any team in the NFL. Four opponents will be having a week of rest to get ready for Seattle. Nobody coming off a Monday night game. So the schedule does not bode well for Seattle, but it's still Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. The Philadelphia Eagles situation here, I'm a little bit perplexed about the Eagles right now, maybe because I used them as a late phone play last week and laid a huge egg. I mean, I felt as bad as uh, the Philadelphia Eagles felt for their performance in that football game. I couldn't believe the lack of offense. And uh, it, it seems like maybe perhaps 
what Chip Kelly does best is what's hurting this Philadelphia Eagle football team, and that's from the sense of this hurry offense that uh, gets their job done, uh, this nonstop offense, non-huddle offense. It's keeping the defense on the football field much, much longer than they would rather be. Over 40 minutes the defense was on the field last week, and it's because they don't have a running game. Uh, they bring on DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews. they got Darren Sproles back there. And this football team it just cannot run the football. They're the worst in the National Football League. And if you projected right now the rushing yards that DeMarco Murray has, he'd end the season with 88 total yards on the season. He's got, he's got to make a change, the Philadelphia Eagles do. And uh, unless he does, you know, they could be in deep, deep trouble. But I agree with you. I think if they take places with Dallas and Dallas slips, it could be the Eagles that take their space inside this 0-2 chase for the playoff run. Don't you go away. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to tear down our college football game of the week. We got a dandy inside the Southeast Conference. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need Guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Attention all serious football fans. If you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the all-new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including The Gold Sheet, Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this week's college and football card. It's time for our college football game of the week at Dandy inside the Southeast Conference when Texas A&M takes on Arkansas in a key football contest. And, Victor, before we get to that game, I know you want to also touch on the fact about how well college football underdogs fared last week. Well, yeah, absolutely, Mark. You were on three of them on Saturday, and they went 3-0 and with Stanford, uh, UMass, and uh, University of Texas, thanks to that great fourth quarter by the Longhorns. Last week, a very good week for underdogs in college football, 29-19-4 overall. Pretty good numbers right there, but double-digit dogs, the underdogs of 10 points or more. Last week, 18-5 and against the spread. That's 78% for double-digit underdogs. Now, some of those uh, favorites that lost outright, which were kind of surprising, actually, you got to throw in Alabama. 
They were minus eight against Mississippi. They lost 43 to 37. We talked about the USC Stanford game. The fact that USC was a almost a double digit favorite that lost by double digits at home. And even the game that we'll be talking about uh, in just a little bit here, Arkansas was minus 10 against Texas Tech and lost outright by double digits as well. But again, how about those double digits dogs? Now, dogs on the year in college football, pretty good, 42, 33, and 1. This week in college football, we've got, it looks to be 21 of these double digit underdogs that you want to take a look at. The best situation this season for double-digit dogs has been 15-2 and two against the spread, taking on any opponent who comes in off a straight-up and ATS win. And there are seven such underdogs this week that you want to take a look at. Uh, notable dogs, uh, Massachusetts plus the points against Notre Dame, Syracuse plus the points against LSU, and San Diego State plus the points against Penn State. Good review there, Victor. Uh, well what the success of underdogs have had in the world of college football this week. And you can find out who those seven teams are that are 15-2 and two the spread with your copy of the Midweek Alert this week because we have stat logs on each and every team inside the Midweek Alert. So download your copy, find out who these seven teams that qualify for this 15-2 and two angle thus far this football season are. And, Victor, once again, before I get into our college game of the week, I also wanted to throw in this little fast back here that last week in college football we had seven overtime games in the world of college football. That's mm-hmm. a, really a rather large amount, which means these games are getting highly competitive and going down to the wire. And that's one of the reasons the success of underdogs in college football this week. We'll see if that can't be the case in our featured college game of the week when Texas A&M takes on Arkansas in a key Southeast Conference clash. Victor, your take on the Aggies and the Razorbacks. Well, they're not playing in College Station. They're not playing in Fayetteville. They're not playing in Arkansas. They're playing at Jerry Jones Palace in Arlington, Texas. A triple revenger for Arkansas. A team, of course, that I just touched on is off not one but two shocking favorite losses in a row in which they were double-digit favorites in each of the last two weeks. They lost versus Texas Tech last week. They lost versus Toledo two weeks ago. Uh... As we record the show here, Mark, A&M is about a touchdown favorite. The over-under line, somewhere in the range of 58.5 to 59.5. That's actually the lowest over-under line in this series, dating all the way back to 1991. A series that I might add has gone 3-1 and one to the over in the last four meetings. The average line in the last four meetings, of course, played over the last four seasons, has been 66.1. Average points scored, 72.3. These two teams, uh, they usually hook up in some sort of a barn burner, especially as of late. The average game has gone over the total by uh, 6.2 points per game. And not only that, it's not just points. It's not cheap points. It's a lot of offense when these two teams play each other. In last year's game, there was 1,007 total yards between the two teams. In 2013, there was 1,005. In 2012, there were 1,214 total yards. And then back in 2011, 1,209 total yards. I think there's a great chance we're going to see 1,000 yards or more combined between these two teams. And these are not one-sided yardage totals either. Each team has had at least 483 yards on offense in every single game over the last four years. A&M, they come in 2-1 over-under on the season. 
They went under the total in their first game of the season against Arizona State by nine and a half points. And then they've gone over in each of the last two weeks, uh, over by 14 and a half points against Ball State in game two, over by six points in their game three last week against Nevada. So two and one this season for A&M. Arkansas has been the exact opposite. Uh, I might add one and two over under in the season. They started off going over the total in their first game of the year by 12 points in a high scoring game against Texas El Paso. In game two, they went under by 28 points, and that was that loss against Toledo. And last week in game three against Texas Tech, another home loss as a double-digit favorite. They went under the total by 10 points. Uh, what I like about uh, leaning toward the under in this game, Mark, is the fact that uh, both teams are returning a lot of very good players on offense this season. Texas A&M returns eight starters on offense from last year. Arkansas returns nine starters on offense from last season. Both teams are dual threats, if you will. AM averaging 227 rushing yards per game this year and 261 through the air. Arkansas, which normally does it on the ground, a little bit surprising to see them at only 171 rushing yards per year, excuse me, per game. But they've been throwing the ball this season, averaging 305 passing yards per game. In terms of individual team trends, AM 18 and 8 to the over. Their last 26 games against losing teams. They're 5 and 0 when playing off a straight up win. They're 8 and 3 to the over after rushing for 200 or more yards. Arkansas is a very good over team in the month of September, going 24 and 9 to the over. They've also gone 8 and 3 to the over when playing off an ATS loss and 11 and 4 to the over after rushing for 200 as well. Mark, I'm going to go with the flow in this particular game. I think we see a lot of offense, 1,000 yards or more. 58.5 to 59.5 is a fairly reasonable number in Arlington, Texas. So we're going to lean toward the over in this particular game. And one more thing in regards to revenge. I don't know which way you're going as far as the side play goes, Mark. But Arkansas, as I mentioned, is playing with revenge in this game. SEC underdogs of uh, 10 or less points have done very, very well when playing with revenge. In the last three years, they've gone 21-8 and eight against the spread, including a perfect 7-0 and oh when playing off a non-conference game. So I would lead toward uh, the dog in addition to my opinion on the over. Victor King is going to lean to the over in this football matchup between the Aggies and the Razorbacks in this game being played at Jerry's World in Dallas, Texas. And as you mentioned, Victor, triple revenge sets the table for their hogs in this contest and like you I'm going to side with the Arkansas Razorbacks in this football game as well a couple of good reasons here this is a uh, a football team that played the toughest schedule in the country last year and we outlined that in this week's playbook football newsletter in my featured bet you did no column and simply put the angle inside the column tells us to play on any team that played the toughest schedule last year when they're playing off back to back straight up in point spread losses this year we do that because these teams are 21-5 and five against the spread. That's a real strong number supporting the Arkansas Razorbacks coming into this contest, as I say, with triple revenge. And in fact, the last five times Arkansas has taken the field and had conference revenge, they've cashed all five winning tickets. Take a look at the Texas A&M Aggies, whose offense is improving each and every game this year. This is a football team that I think is sneaky good, and if they happen to win this football game, I think they'll challenge for the SEC West Division title this year. They're that good. Kevin Sumlin, however, comes into this football game with a couple of bad numbers, if you will. 
0-12 to the spread when he's a conference favorite of less than 14 points, and the opponent has revenge. So we keep hitting on this revenge aspect part of this football game, but it comes into play on both sides of the equation when you take a look at both the A&M and the Arkansas football teams. In addition, A&M, their last six football games, and they played on neutral fields, which this game will be. They're just 1-5 to the spread. I also like the fact that... Uh, if you look at the early line in this football game, and I'm talking early line before the season began, there was a, a line that was set out uh, out of Las Vegas uh, by a sharp handicapping outfit, and they established lines on what they call these key marquee game of the year type plays, and they had established Arkansas as a six-point favorite in this contest. And they were a six-point favorite largely because, number one, they were ranked 18th in the preseason polls. Nowhere to be found was Texas A&M in the polls. And the Razorbacks closed out so strong last football season and really cashed a lot of winning tickets. They were the six-point favorite. Today, the line is reversed, and it's reversed largely because of these two eggs that Arkansas has laid in back-to-back football games, double-digit favorites in both contests. Yet they're dressing up as a touchdown dog here this weekend. Again, I'll reiterate the fact that having faced the toughest schedule last year supports the Razorbacks in this double-loss situation. I'll grab out the points with the Arkansas Razorbacks for my side in this college football conference matchup. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't you go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to run down our National Football League game of the week, a dandy inside the AFC contrast. And we'll also hop out to Las Vegas and catch the Vegas vibe from Andy Isco when we come back with more here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. There is only one football newsletter on the market today, documented number one win percentage, and it's the Playbook Football Newsletter. Playbook has the top win percentage of all football newsletters in the nation, according to the Phil Steele Power Sweep Newsletter Contest. Only Playbook has best bets, wise guys contest picks, awesome angles, and incredible stats, plus complete analysis write-up on every college and NFL game, along with Victor King's NFL Over-Under Trends, and Mark Lawrence's weekly Bet You Didn't Know column, as seen in the USA Today Sports Weekly. Get your weekly Playbook football newsletter online at playbook.com and get every edge imaginable this football season. That's the weekly Playbook football newsletter, available now at playbook.com. Hey, sports fans, football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join MyBookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to MyBookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at MyBookie.ag. Sign up today. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King. As we go against the spread in this week's National Football League card, it's time for our NFL Game of the Week. We're going to go inside the AFC 
North Division, where the Cincinnati Bengals take on the Baltimore Ravens in a matchup of a 2-0 team taking on an 0-2 football team. Victor, this should be a heck of a football game on Sunday. Your take on the Bengals and the Ravens. And uh, I'm leaning under in this game, Mark. The line opened at uh, 44. We're somewhere at 44, 44 and a half. We do like a fairly low-scoring game there in Baltimore as they host the Bengals this particular week. Uh, the Baltimore finds themselves in a similar situation as the Seattle Seahawks, a playoff team from last season that's started off this year with back-to-back losses. Uh, 4-19-1, this goes back uh, to 2007, that's four overs, 19 unders, and it's teams in the first half of the season, home favorites off back-to-back straight-up and ATS losses that were in the playoffs last year, and these teams have gone 1-10 and over-under when the over-under line is 44 or more points. Now, I'm well aware that Baltimore was involved in a shootout last week, Mark, against the Oakland Raiders. The final score, what, 37-34. to Don't forget they were involved in a very, very low-scoring game in Week 1 against Denver as well. Uh, and besides, NFL favorites off a non-division road game in which they scored and allowed 33 or more points like the Ravens have gone 1-9 and over-under since the 2009 season. Uh, Sunday's home game is uh, for the Ra- uh, Ravens begins a stretch in which they're going to be playing AFC North fellow division opponents for three consecutive games in a row. This uh, first game of the three is always a good sign for an under as well. This goes back a full 10 seasons, and it's gone 15 and 42 over under. That's 74% under the total. It's basically all NFL teams playing the first of three straight division games when the over-under line is in the 40s, specifically 41 to 49 points. And we also note that the favorites in the situation, like Baltimore, have gone 90% under the total, 1-9 and overall. Now, we don't want to forget that the Cincinnati Bengals, don't forget now, they were the NFL's best road under team last season. They went 1-7 and over-under in their eight road games with an average of only 37.4 points per game. And on the flip side, Baltimore was one of the better home under teams last year. They went 2-6 and six over under in their eight home games with an average also under 40 points, 39.0. And one more thing, this AFC North division, this is historically a, a very good division to go under the total over the years. AFC North division games have gone 7-23-2 over under since 2006 when the over-under line is 43 or more points. And as I mentioned, it's 44 to 44 and a half currently. Uh, these games have also gone 2-10 and 10 over-under in the first half of the season. This has got low-scoring game written all over it, Mark. We're going to go under Cincinnati and Baltimore. Victor likes the under total in the AFC North Division battle between the Bengals and the Ravens. This Sunday, and as I mentioned, Cincinnati enters this game 2-0, Baltimore 0-2, and many people think this is a must-win game for the Ravens, the thinking being they cannot afford to open up the season 0-3 and be three legs back to the Cincinnati Bengals. If they do, they put themselves in a perilous situation. There's no doubt about that. Take a look at Cincinnati coming into this contest. They've dominated the Ravens in the series of late the last 
21 football games. They've won 13 of them straight up, and they've also gone 14-6-1 to the spread in the series, Cincinnati. Even better is Cincinnati in the series when they're coming off a win, 7-2 and two straight up and 8-1 and one against the point spread. You've got Andy Dalton, quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, who's played really well in his NFL career against winless football teams. In the eight games that he's gone up against teams with no wins in the season, he's 6-2-2 two and two against the spread. And the Bengals themselves do rather quite well in division openers. Their opening first division game of the season the last 10 years, 8-2, and two, both straight up and against the spread. Baltimore returns home a back-to-back road game. It's been a successful jaunt for them going back home in this situation. They're a 4-0 to the spread the last four times they've done that. And speaking about home openers, Baltimore has also fared well in their home openers. 10-2 and two straight up, 8-4 and four to the number. In division games, home openers, 7-1 and one straight up and 6-2 and two to the spread. I guess if there's a negative to the Baltimore Ravens, aside from their record and their play thus far this season, it's the fact that when they've been home favorites in games before taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are on deck next week for Baltimore, they're just 1-10 to the spread as home favorites. The bottom line to me in this football game is you put teams in must-win situations, that doesn't guarantee a win. That just means that the team is probably playing poorly, and the guy they're playing is playing better football, and that's the case here with Cincinnati playing better football than the Baltimore Ravens. You also take a look, I did this in our database here, that undefeated underdogs in Game 3 of the National Football League season, as is Cincinnati, when they're in division games and they're undefeated, they're a perfect 8-0 and to the spread since 2006. I'm going to take a lean to the Cincinnati Bengals side of this football game using the logic that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think there might be something broke in Baltimore. Cincinnati's playing some really good football right now. If the three-point show in the football game, I'll pocket the three, take the Cincinnati Bengals for my side in the football game. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas as we check in with our Vegas vibe each and every week as Andy Isco from The Logical Approach joins us. Andy, how's everything going in Vegas these days? It's a beautiful time of the year. It's a beautiful time of the week, Mark. And a lot of uh, exciting games, both in the colleges and the pros, coming up this weekend. And, of course, uh, uh, some unusual events last weekend that sort of throw the college football scene into a little bit of topsy-turvy. Yes, it did. Uh, Victor and I hit on that at the beginning of the show about the success of Underdog Saturday and largely the success of double-digit underdogs. And, you know, right at the top of the list had to be uh, Stanford taking down Southern Cal, and I'm sure that worked out well for some local bookmakers in town with the success of underdogs. I'm sure when the dogs bark, the books are happy, and when the favorites win, they're not. Uh, that being the case uh, this particular week, we'll see whether or not that continues. Andy, my question to you this week is I know you keep a close tab on what's going on in the Super Contest in Las Vegas. Andy's a proxy for a lot of the uh, entrants or people that participate in the contest here. And all in all, I know there was a ton, ton of people, over 100 people had perfect 5-0 and o tickets opening week. How many 5-0s and o's did we see in week number two this week? Forget the exact number. I know it was around 50 to 53. As a matter of fact, uh, the leaders in the contest, three of them, were guys who went 5-0, and or guys or gals, I should say, who went 5-0 and in week one. And so the three leaders of the Super Contest are 10-0 and after one after two weeks of play. 24 contestants are 9-1, and seven are 8-1-1, and and a huge 86 are 8-2. And, and of course, 1,727 entries this year overall, a 
new record. They've broken the record for each of the last five years, and they're paying 50 places this year. And we can see if you add up those numbers, if to be in the top 50, you've got to be eight and two or better right now. Well, that's a tough number right now, but we know it's early also on in the contest, in the Superbook contest in Las Vegas, very, very popular. And uh, Andy, speaking about the Superbook contest, uh, you shared with me last week uh, that Jay Cornegay sends out early advance lines uh, the week before, in fact, in the National Football League of what uh, I guess they, he would make the lines in the NFL. Uh, any moves that you saw from the early advance line that Jay sent out last week as opposed to how the games are going to kick off this Sunday? Yeah, by the way, let me just go back as far as the folks who are interested in the top five consensus plays in the Super Contest. After going 5-0 and oh in week one, the consensus plays were 3-2 and two in week two. And, of course, the sports books here in Las Vegas had a better week in week two than they did in week one. And that's normally the case when underdogs have the kind of day that they did on uh, Sunday. And towards that point, as far as the advanced lines, prior to week two, Jay Cornegay and the staff at the Westgate put up the advanced lines for week three. Now, there are a couple of games that are, are interesting because they show the impact of injuries uh, unrelated to the fact that there may have been some unusual other occurrences in the game. And so perhaps the most notable examples would be the game between uh, Dallas and Atlanta. Prior to Sunday's games, Dallas was a four-and-a-half-point home favorite against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, after Tony Romo uh, was injured and lost for perhaps the next two months in a uh, win at Philadelphia. Uh, the line came out Sunday evening. Dallas and Atlanta were pick em. That wasn't enough of, of an adjustment, apparently, for a lot of the betters. Atlanta this morning sits as a two-and-a-half point uh, road favorite. We've seen other significant adjustments, the game between Philadelphia and the uh, New York Jets. Now, after the Eagles had, uh, lo- had um, lost their game to Dallas on Sunday, uh, they had gone from what had been a three-and-a-half point road favorite at the Jets to a two-and-a-half point road favorite. So a very small adjustment based upon Philadelphia's poor play in that game against Dallas. However, the game comes down while the Jets are playing Monday night, and after the Jets go in and upset the Indianapolis Colts, the game comes back up on a Tuesday morning with the New York Jets uh, now up to a two-and-a-half point favorite after opening about a two-point favorite Tuesday morning. So 24 hours later, more support for the New York Jets in that contest. Sounds like a big move to the New York Jets, Andy, and I agree with you. I think a lot of that might have to be a combination of not only the Jets' successful effort Monday night, but also the egg that the Philadelphia Eagles laid on Sunday. I think a combination of those two really swings a football game because everybody realizes a lot of people do remember they remember what they saw last. Victor, I know you got a question that you'd like to run by Andy on the show this week as well. I certainly do. It's a basically an over-under uh, review and preview. If I can, I want to... Uh, I submit to you, Andy, that any time the books can get the Sunday night nationally televised game to stay under the total and then the Monday night game to go underdog and the under, it's going to be a happy ending for the books and for the sharp over-under players out there. Our service was under in the Sunday night game between the Packers and Seahawks. We brought that one home. Your free play last week was under in the Monday night game. That was basically a pretty much a no-brainer with a final score of 20-7. to So a really nice call there. Now this week, Andy, there's no high over-under lines. Last week, there were four games in which the over-under line was like 48 or more points. This week, there are none. There are no games this week with an over-under line. That's what we would call on the high side. 
Is that because week three is historically a lower scoring week, or is it based on this week's matchups? I think it's more based upon uh, this week's matchups. I'm not so sure that the lines makers take into account necessarily, with the exception perhaps of week one and perhaps week 17, the significant historical uh, results of a given week, although sometimes week two may bring about a reaction because it is the first game after our first look at these teams. But I think more it's a case of uh, the matchups. In fact, looking right now, I'm showing uh, the highest line appears to be uh, in the Pittsburgh St. Lewis game where you've got a high-scoring Pittsburgh offense that figures to be involved in a lot of overs all season. That line is 47.5. I'm showing another 47.5 in the game between New England and Jacksonville. That's somewhat a little bit surprising because you figure most of the scoring in that game is going to be done by the New England Patriots, and there's some thought that Jacksonville, if they're going to be competitive this year, uh, will have to be so because of an improved defense as the offense remains a work in progress. So of those two games with the 47.5 Maybe the more perplexing one to me is the Jacksonville-New England total of 47.5. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. You can download Andy's newsletter, TheLogicalApproach.com, at his website, also in the Playbook Superstore, which we hope will be debuting this week. We've had some technical problems from the programmers, but any information you want from Andy Isco, you can get that at TheLogicalApproach.com. That's TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy, before I get to your complimentary play on the football show this week, I know you alerted us here at Playbook with the Wise Guy contest on Monday of the Drew Brees situation, and we immediately pulled that game off and put a no lineup on the contest. It's appearing now that maybe Drew Brees might possibly play, that the injury wasn't as bad as they expected. What are you seeing in Vegas right now about the New Orleans situation, Drew Brees, and the line this particular week? I've seen most sportsbooks had taken that line off on uh, midday on Monday when the news broke, and it certainly appeared at the time that the rotator cuff injury was a lot more serious than uh, maybe it's going to turn out to be, although I guess we're still waiting for official word from Drew Brees as to whether or not he's going to feel comfortable enough to start. To me, it seems like an injury that if they're going to err on the side of caution, especially going into a tough defensive place such as Carolina, that might be the uh, more prudent course to take. As far as the reaction goes, uh, Cantor Gaming, CGT, immediately put up Carolina as a nine-point favorite, so almost a six-point adjustment from where it was, Carolina 3 to uh, Carolina 9. We've seen a little bit of movement in that canter gaming, that CGT line, to whereas right now I'm looking at 7.5. So it seems to be Drew Brees worth about 5.5 to 6 points initially, maybe a little bit less than that, and that seems to make sense because of the fact that Drew Brees is arguably towards the end of his career, and he doesn't have the same weapons this year that he had last year. And so as you as might see perhaps a full touchdown, uh, as uh, we've seen in a number of situations over the years for an elite quarterback we're seeing a little bit below that amount of an adjustment thus far for Drew Brees and of course part of it remains also the fact that he still is somewhat questionable keep an eye on that situation with New Orleans this week when they take to the road against the Carolina Panthers keep an eye on the injury situation as to whether or not Drew Brees takes the field for the Saints in that contest Andy, your complimentary play on the show this week, and as Victor mentioned, quite impressive last week with that undercall in the Monday Night Football game. I know our listeners would like to know what you've got on tap this week. 
Well, I'm going to go and use an old stock market adage, which is basically uh, buy on bad news, sell on good news, and we have one such matchup. I touched upon it a little bit uh, before. We saw the uh, huge adjustment in this game between Philadelphia and the New York Jets. In fact, the initial adjustment I mentioned last week, Philadelphia was a three-and-a-half point favorite. After they stuck up the uh, stunk up the joint against Dallas, it was a two-and-a-half point uh, adjustment, when or two-and-a-half point favorite when the line was posted Sunday evening. That does only a point, but it's a point going around the number three, the key number of three. After the Jets won Monday night, the sportsbooks put up the Jets at two, a point home favorite. Now they're up to two and a half. I'm going to back the Philadelphia Eagles 0-2 in a desperate situation as far as wanting to be able to maintain some hopes of making the playoffs. The Jets, of course, with the best of all news, they go into Indianapolis and they upset the heavily favored, nearly touchdown favored Colts in that game. They're looking for a little bit of a regression for the New York Jets. I'm going to look for a little bit more of an aggressive approach by Chip Kelly and the Philadelphia offense, and although I'll recommend taking the two and a half and possibly waiting for plus three if it shows up, I'm not quite sure it will, I'll also be playing a little bit of a play on the money line for Philadelphia to get the outright win at the Jets. Andy Isco taking advantage of the situation that happened last week with the Jets up, the Eagles down, a lot of value in that football game, and in fact, Andy, I know Cantor Gaming puts out point spreads on all NFL games they did this year before the season began, and I don't know, I don't have right here in front of me, but I'm only going to guess that before the season began, the Philadelphia Eagles were probably established as probably a three or four point favorite in this contest, would you agree? I would certainly agree. I mean, if the line last week was three and a half, and that was after the week one, after well, yeah, it was after the week one after Philadelphia lost a tough game in Atlanta, not surprisingly, and the Jets did what they were expected to do in beating Cleveland on opening day, that would not necessarily of itself call for that much of an adjustment from what the line would have been all summer. Andy Isco from The Logical Approach sharing his views on a big football matchup in the National Football League this week and everything that's going on in Las Vegas. Andy, we've enjoyed your Vegas vibe this week. And once again, we encourage our listeners to check out Andy at thelogicalapproach.com where you can download his newsletter and get information on his football service as well. Andy, enjoy the football games this week and we'll certainly look forward to visiting with you once again next week on the show. Mark, Victor, have a great week. Enjoy all the games. Most of them go our way. Andy Isco joining us from The Logical Approach, again with some great fact-finding information that we get each and every week on the Vegas Vibe from Andy Isco here and Mark Lawrence against the spread. Don't you go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to put the final wraps on this edition of the show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week. Victor and I will also share with you our complimentary plays when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. The all-new Playbook Cube is hands down the easiest to use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook app received a five-star rating. Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight. 
Hey, sports fans, football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at mybookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. Okay, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week this week. And it comes from our black book for the 2015 football season. You want to get our copy of the black book. We call it Some Guys Have All the Luck. And what it tells us to do is to play on any college football underdog that's off a straight-up overtime win if they allow less than 17 and a half points per game on the season. We mentioned that there were seven games in college football that went into overtime this particular week. We've got one such underdog that is allowing less than 17 and a half points per game. That happens to be the Syracuse Orangemen. Teams in this particular role since the inception of college football overtime are 18 and 7 against the spread. That's a solid 72% winning angle. We'll back Syracuse. Because it says that Syracuse should have all the luck this week. We'll grab up all the points with the Orangemen for our awesome angle on the show this week. And before I hand it off to Victor King for his complimentary play on the show, Victor, I know you want to comment on the DraftKings, uh, what's going on at DraftKings this week. And I have to tell you, Victor, that I used one of your double-down teams that you recommended in the Kings Fab 5 article, which is posted every Thursday kept up online through Sunday on the playbook.com website. Victor will explain to you about exactly what the Fab Five lineups are. But I used one of your four teams identical, and I finished in the money with one of your football Fab uh, Five teams this week. It happened to be team number four last week, and I finished in 40,000th place, which might not sound all that much to our listeners out there, but when you consider there were over 470,000 contestants in the contest, that put me inside the top 10% of players inside the DraftKings.com contest, where every Sunday you can join in to their millionaire maker, $2 million to the winner, a million dollars for second place. Check it out at DraftKings.com on the Playbook.com website. When you go there, visit DraftKings.com forward slash Mark and get in on the action with the Millionaire Maker. You can do so by also checking out Victor's Fab Five report every Thursday. Victor, if you would let our listeners know a little bit more about that in detail. I think that lineup you're referring to was probably our high over-under line. And I think you came into the office later and you questioned, hey, why do you have Terrence Williams <laughs> And I said, well, you got to leave him in there. And he scored a touchdown. It wasn't from Romo. It was from Brandon Wheaton, but it was a 42-yard long touchdown. So I think it was that high over-under lineup 
that did cash as well. And remember, that was our double down philosophy. You always want to think about that every week when you're submitting your DraftKings lineup, and that is an impactful wide receiver and running back combined with the fact that he's also a kickoff or punt returner on the same team. Mark, this week our tip is what we call daily fantasy game script or game flow. And what that basically is, is, hey, we're all good uh, betters here, handicappers here. We know point spreads, we know favorites, we know dogs, we know over-underlines. It's using your handicapping knowledge of favorites and underdogs and applying it to your daily fantasy lineup. And basically, game script is an expected game script point of view based on the Vegas lines for the week. You take a look at who are the big favorites this week, who are the big underdogs this week. When you're setting your fantasy lineup at DraftKings, you don't want to use a running back on a team that's a double-digit underdog this week, like Jacksonville Jaguars or Chicago Bears. And that is, these double-digit underdogs, they're going to be playing from behind for most of the whole game. They're going to be down by 10 points, by 14 points, by 21 points. And we all know that at some stage throughout the game, teams abandon the run when they're down by double digits. They start throwing the ball more. So you don't want to be putting in a running back on a team that's a double-digit underdog. Uh, on the re- on the reverse, you do want to consider a running back for a team that's a double-digit favorite. New England Patriots favored by 13.5 this week. Seattle Seahawks favored by 14.5. These are our ideal situations to... Uh, Use a running back from one of these two particular teams because what happens in an NFL game when a team is winning by two touchdowns or more? They want to shorten the game. They want to pound the ball on the ground. They want to get out of there with their win as soon as possible. So I submit to you that you may have been burned by Marshawn Lynch in the first two weeks of the season. This is the week to ride Marshawn Lynch. He's got a DraftKings salary of, what, $7,400. It's the third highest running back. I agree that's a high salary, but they're a 14.5-point favorite. This is the week they give him the rock 25 times. This is the week that he gets 100 more yards, multiple touchdowns. This is the week to try Marshawn Lynch in your lineups. So you play a running back on a team that's a big favorite. You stay away from the running back on a team that is a big underdog. It's using game script to your advantage, knowing who the big favorite or big dog is and applying it to your particular fantasy lineup. Uh, Think about using a quarterback for a team that's a big underdog because they're going to be playing from behind. They're going to be playing catch-up. They're going to be throwing the ball 40 times. That's when you think about using a quarterback for a big underdog. One quarterback that you want to think about this week. This is my under-the-radar quarterback of the week, Mark. I'm very, very excited. He's one of the cheapest quarterbacks this week with a salary of only $5,200. This quarterback is coming off a bad week last week, so he's going to be very, very lightly owned. That quarterback is a team playing at home this week, Nick Foles of the St. Louis Rams. They're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. The Pittsburgh Steelers, folks have a very, very poor pass defense. Going back to last season, in their last 11 games, the Pittsburgh Steelers have allowed a top 10 fantasy performance from a quarterback 10 times in their last 11 games. It just happened last week against the San Francisco 49ers. Despite winning, what was the score? 48-13? to Colin Kaepernick was one of the top 10 fantasy quarterbacks last week because you can throw on the Steelers. Not only that... 
Most of the time, the Steelers have the lead, so that quarterback will be throwing even more. Nick Foles is the fourth cheapest quarterback this week in fantasy football with a salary of only $5,200. He's going to be my quarterback in my cheap uh, quarterback lineup this particular week, and he stands to have an outstanding game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he's going to be lightly owned because he had a bad game last week against the Redskins. So there's your value quarterback of the week as well. Victor King, you can read all about Victor's top five teams in the King's Fab Five Lab article, which will be posted every Thursday to get your lineup ready for the DraftKings Millionaire Maker this weekend. Check out Victor's Fab Five article every Thursday at playbook.com. With that, Victor, sounds like great insight also on Nick Foles. I'm going to sure I'll have him on my team at, uh, at one or two entries at least, maybe with Nick Foles. It sounds very promising. Now, Victor, what our listeners have been looking for, your complimentary play on the football show this week, and let our listeners know what you've got on tap with the King Creole service this week. I get, I get very excited when I'm talking about my daily fantasy, Mark. I've been playing fantasy sports since uh, 1982, I believe. But Hey, we also talk over-unders, and that is for sure. Now, last week, remember, we liked the under in the Seattle-Green Bay game. Earlier in our show today, we did like the fact that we like Cincinnati and Pittsburgh to go under the total. Uh, and, yes, the free play I'm going to give you right now is also an under. But there is one game this week in the NFL in which I absolutely love the over. We've got a lot of over-under ammunition from our database for this particular play. And we like it so much we're going to be using it as our five-star NFL game of the month. That's from our King Creole service. It will be available at playbook.com on Friday evenings. It's our five-star game of the month in the NFL, a game going over the total. With that said, another game that we like under the total this week, Mark, this one makes a lot of sense. It really does. It's the Atlanta Falcons and the Dallas Cowboys under the total. We talked at the top of the show the great impact that Dan Quinn has had for the Atlanta Falcons. He was the architect of that Seattle defense. He brought a defense-first philosophy to a team that was on a three-year decline. Result, Atlanta has started the year with two wins and that 0-2 over-under record. And uh, we're talking a... (laughs) Pretty major quarterback injury on the Dallas side as well. No Tony Romo, no Desmond Bryant. The over-under line in this game is, what, 45 points? You're going to want to get your play in as soon as possible. I see the line going down. you got to think that the Dallas is going to have a pretty vanilla game plan on offense this week against the Falcons with heavy emphasis on lots of running plays. they got a, three-man, uh, a three-man running back committee, for God's sake. And it's not also it's not lost on us totals players, Mark, that Dallas, over the last year and a half, is one of the slowest tempo NFL offenses in the last year and a half. I spent a lot of time on FootballOutsiders.com. They got a great uh, stat called uh, Pace Stats, and these are the seconds in between offensive plays for offensive teams in the NFL. Philadelphia is always close to the top. Chip Kelly runs an offense in which they run an offensive play every 20 seconds. What I found surprising is that Houston is actually number one this year at only 19 seconds between offensive plays. But it's not surprising that once again, Dallas is at the bottom of the list. They were number 32 last year in uh, offensive seconds per play at 32. It takes Dallas 32 seconds to run an offensive play. This year, they're ranked number 31. They're at 33 offensive seconds per play. They're a very slow 
up-tempo NFL offense. So we got some good things on both sides in this particular game. Uh, we also know the fact that uh, both teams went under the total last week. Week three NFL home underdogs like the Cowboys currently are have gone 2-14 and 14 over under since 1988 when both teams went under the total in their last game. The final score of Dallas's win last week, a shocking win, I might add, over the Philadelphia Eagles was 20 to 10. Last year, NFL underdogs playing off a double-digit road dog win, like the Cowboys, that also went under the total, went one nine and one over under. And Atlanta had a, a similar outcome on Sunday. They also won as a road underdog against the uh, New York Giants. And in the last three years, this situation has gone one and ten over under. Game three or greater road teams off a straight up non division road dog win like the Falcons that also went under the total. And if you study the charts in this week's uh, totals tip sheet newsletter, you already know that Dallas was a great under team at home last year, Atlanta was a great under team on the road. It makes perfect sense. I don't think these two teams can get even the 40 points this week. Atlanta, Dallas, under the total. And don't forget, Mark, we got our um, five-star NFL game of the month, a game that we do like over the total. Victor's going over the total for a big five-star NFL game of the month. His totals have been on fire. 3-0 and in the total chip sheet last week, 5-1 and this season. Get down on Victor's top over five-star play on Sunday. You can get that at playbook.com. And before I get to my complimentary play on the football show this week, first of all, I want to thank our new sponsors this year, MyBookie.ag. They're our new sponsor here, and if you're looking for fast, friendly customer service, fast guaranteed payouts, I invite you to join MyBookie.ag. You can call toll-free at 1-855-612-BETS. That's 1-855-612-2387 for MyBookie.com. And also, I'm in Hand-in-hand with Victor's five-star NFL totals game of the month goes my five-star college football game of the month this Saturday. It's part of another $99 football weekend of winners. We're 8-2 the last two weeks with our $99 football weekend of winners. I invite you to get on board now at playbook.com or give our office a call toll-free at 1-800-321-7777 for my five-star college football game of the month weekend of winners. My complimentary play on the football show this week takes place inside the Southeast Conference. I'm going to back the Missouri Tigers as an underdog against the Kentucky Wildcats this week. A rare role for Missouri, if you will. Remember, they're the two-time Southeast Conference West Division defending champions are the Tigers. Gotten out to a little bit of a sluggish start thus far this football season. But go back in my database. I know that since they've joined the SEC Conference as an underdog, They've been in 15 games. They've won eight of those straight up, cashing nine times. And in fact, you go back and look at them, the last five conference road dog rolls inside the SEC, they've won all five games straight up as well. Kentucky comes into this football game 2-1 and one on the season, but 0-3 oh in the stats. We got that, again, inside of our midweek alert newsletter this week. They have not won a game in the stats this year, despite being 2-1 and one on the season. And inside our database, Kentucky 2-13 and 13 to the spread as a home favorite in Southeast Conference play. You put it all together, I think the wrong team is favored here. I'll play Missouri plus the points for my complimentary play on the football show this week. That's going to put the final reps in this edition of Mark Lawrence against the spread for this week. I want to thank Victor King, our co-host, 
Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com and our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.